you are witnesses of these things. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, the Gospels of Luke and John tell us of the risen Lord's appearance to the apostles in the upper room on Easter Sunday night. Last week we reflected on John's account in the context of mercy. In the context of mercy and Christ giving to the apostles and thus to the church the power to forgive sins. Tonight, in our passage from Luke's Gospel, we have been given, so to speak, a programmatic key, a key by which to understand, appreciate, and make our own the meaning of the resurrection. When Jesus entered the upper room, the doors of which were locked, Jesus tells the disciples, it's very striking, Jesus tells the disciples to touch him. The appearance of Jesus startled and terrified the apostles. Why are you troubled? And why do questions arise in your hearts? Look at my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see. After they had touched him and saw, meaning they understood that it truly was Jesus, their feelings of terror were turned to joy joy. And this is the first lesson. When we have contact with Jesus, when we have contact with Jesus, when we touch him, he takes away our fear and gives us joy. The apostles had been in the upper room imprisoned in fear. At times we can find ourselves imprisoned in fear. If we rely on ourselves, life's cares and anxieties, not to mention our own sinfulness, can weigh on our hearts and minds. We all know this is true. Concrete experience tells us that this is so. The antidote to fear is contact with Jesus, who insistently calls us to touch him. It is notable that Jesus, in order to prove the reality of his person, asked for something to eat. I wonder if he was, you know, as he's thinking about this, I wonder if he thought, well, this will be kind of funny. No, he asked for something to eat. Do you have anything here to eat? He reveals himself fully at a meal. This should remind us of the Eucharist, which is the sacrificial banquet of love. In Holy Communion, we have personal contact with Jesus. We touch him. And more importantly, he touches us. When Jesus next says to the disciples, these are my words that I spoke to you, he is referring to his death and resurrection. The Paschal mystery is the culmination of the gospel. It is the culmination of all of sacred scripture. And so Luke tells us he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And this is the second lesson. To be a disciple requires opening one's mind and especially one's heart to the scriptures. This is so very important. We must be people of the Bible. We must be people of the Bible. The Bible is God's word. We should read and pray with the scriptures every day, every day. You know, Pope Francis is fond of telling us to carry small editions of the Bible in a pocket, or for women, a purse. 
In other words, to have it always near at hand. Always have the Bible near at hand. We who are disciples of Christ should be steeped in the New Testament, especially the Gospels. St. Jerome, the renowned 5th century father of the church, famously said that ignorance of Scripture is ignorance of Christ. Think about that. Ignorance of Scripture is ignorance of Christ. Thus, we should spend our lives pondering the Bible. We should spend our lives pondering the Bible, praying over passages and making it our own. In this way, we come to know Jesus more and more, the one whom we are called to touch and the one who is the source of our joy, of our joy. The third lesson comes at the end of the passage. Jesus tells the disciples, you are witnesses of these things. The word used is martyr. You are martyrs of these things. That's the Greek word for witness. Martyrs give their lives for Jesus. And this too is so very important. We who are disciples of Christ are called to be witnesses for him. In one way or another, my friends, we are called to be martyrs. Martyrs give testimony. Martyrs give testimony. Now, we might, you know, probably most of us were not, will not be called to lay down our lives in blood. But, you know, there's such a thing as red martyrdom, you know, a bloody martyrdom, and then there's a white martyrdom. Consistent testimony to Jesus. Consistent testimony to Jesus. Today's gospel provides to Catholic families the program to be witnesses for Jesus to people of our own day and time. The testimony of Catholic families is urgently needed in our world today. So necessary. So we can ask how are families to give testimony to Jesus? First, every family must embrace its identity as the domestic church. Catholic families are created through the sacrament of holy matrimony. And Christ himself blesses the holy union of husband and wife in which the spouses freely affirm to accept children, children lovingly from God and bring them up according to the law of Christ and his church. Therefore, the vows of marriage, the vows of marriage entail the commitment of the family to be what it claims to be, the domestic church. Taking our direction from today's gospel, the family is called to remain in touch. Remain in touch with Christ through the sacraments, especially the sacraments of penance and Holy Eucharist. Families give testimony to Jesus Christ when parents and children live a sacramental life. Through the encounter with Jesus, through his touch, the bonds of love among the members of the family are strengthened. Fears and anxieties in family life are overcome. Faith is strengthened. And the family experiences an abiding joy. It's not a question of Christ making everything rosy. He doesn't do that. Rather, what Christ communicates is his divine life so that each one of us can take up his cross, his freely chosen commitments. That's what our cross really is, our freely chosen commitments and follow him. It is the faithfully living out one's vocation which brings abiding joy. Families give testimony to Jesus by being schools of religious education. 
Education in the faith begins and is centered principally in the home. Parents have a most serious responsibility to educate their children in the faith and are called to fulfill this task. The church, on her part, provides programs of religious education for children, but these are to be supplemental, supplemental, and can never replace the education which the parents give to their children. Indeed, what the church offers through her programs will not be as effective, if effective at all, if it is not reinforced by parental example in the home. Parents and children. Parents and children should pray together, not only at meals, but also the family rosary and other devotions. Parents should teach their children how to pray, how to pray, and should know basic Catholic prayers by heart. Parents should study the catechism, engage their children on the basics of the faith, who God is, the Trinity, the Church, the sacraments, the Ten Commandments, the saints, special holy days. And the Bible should have a prominent place in the home. And each family member should have a Bible suitable to his or her own age. There should be crucifixes and images of the saints in the home, which could be the focus of family prayer time together. Dear friends, the family, the domestic church, is called in imitation of the Lord to service. The Son of Man, Jesus said, did not come to be served, but to serve. Testimony to Jesus, the family's love for him, must flow beyond the family to the community. Catholic families are to bring the gospel to our modern culture. And they are to do so, above all, through humble service. The gift of Easter joy impels us to share the love of Christ with everyone. No one is to be excluded. By what they do and how they live, Catholic families are to testify to the inestimable dignity of human life, of the sacredness and beauty of marriage and human sexuality, of the right to religious freedom, they should exercise their proper role in the church by being an integral part of the parish and its activities, especially in programs that support the poor and the needy. And here at Our Lady of Hope, it's so edifying that so many people have, took, have, have taken up uh, the call to be part of the food drive that happens every year, but not, uh, not every year, consistently. But not only the food drive, but other things that take place to help the needy. It's been wonderful. Generosity of this parish is tremendous. Tremendous. And, um, and that's wonderful. But everyone needs to play a part in that. Everyone. Families should bring values to the public square and participate in public discussions which contribute to the building up of society. They should not hesitate to speak out on the important moral issues of the day, taking as a guide the teachings of the church. In this way, parents and children take up the task that was given to all of us when Jesus said, you are witnesses to these things. And there's so much we know that could be said and should be said about family life and family as martyrs, as witnesses. But let us conclude by returning to the touch, the touch of Jesus. Jesus lets us touch him. He is the son of God who is close to us. And he wants to touch us. 
The touch of Jesus is like no others. Jesus' touch gives joy and peace and eternal life. His touch is a gift that we must, each one, make his or her own. Let us resolve, dear brothers and sisters, to know and love the Lord ever more deeply. Yes, let us love him by keeping his commandments and heeding all the lessons he taught us in the gospel. And let us be resolved to be witnesses, to be martyrs who give our lives for him. Above all, by bringing the love of Christ to others.